0: Once again, it's on. Listeners, I hope you're ready because I'm already standing on my box, ready to explode for another KG, Fifth World Wildcat and Doc podcast. Fellas, how are you? I'm doing okay today. How about you? I'm great. Doc, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. We had the big Prairie View TSU uh, basketball game, and I went 2-0.
2: As I thought, Wait a minute! Now you did. How you did <laughs> in your predictions? I
1: always, <laughs> I always win. I went two and zero. We have a win. That's,
0: well, that's true. You, yeah, that's true. You, you had to cover both ways. So yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> so I went two zero. Just when he said about Wait a minute. Hold on. For every one one on the women's side, and two you me on the other side, that didn't work. We well, get out. I went to both. So I always win. They said, okay.
0: And there was a there was a very good crowd. <laughs> Saturday night at H&PE I mean, Arena, about 5,100 people were there. So that was good Especially to see.
1: considering that you're still out. The students are still not on campus.
0: Exactly. So I, I am surprised because I think last year in a few recent years when the matchup has been during winter break and students were not there, you could tell the difference. But So it was very good to see a lot of uh, people in the building last night. Great atmosphere. Uh, the TSU women lost in the first game as you m- at mentioned, Doc. Many of them had about a bout of food poisoning, so that really impacted the playing minutes and time for the Lady Tigers. But Shayla Dobbins scored 32 for PV and to out duel towards Kinnison's 30 for TSU. So that was a good game. And then say
1: that again. It again for the listeners. I'm not sure if you understood this. You said I scored. Yes. Both over 30 points.
0: Yes, thirty two and thirty points. Thirty two for Taylor Dobbins and thirty for Joyce Kenderson. So it was good to see that matchup there. And this might as well throw out that uh, our colleagues, now our media colleagues, Butch Alcindor and Cynthia Cooper, did uh, the T V for Saturday night's game in the double hitter as well as Wednesday night as part of TSU's new T V packets, the games airing on home games airing on AT t Sportsnet. So um, they big did that deal, game. So that's, that's a big deal. So hopefully that will generate some interest locally. I'm all for anything to help. Not Well, not anything, but positive stuff to generate interest in basketball. Locally, I'm all for it. So good to see that. Good to see Butch and, and Cynthia. I always like talking to Cynthia Cooper about basketball and seeing her. And, and she did a good job. She and Butch did a good job calling action Wednesday. TSU beat Alcorn State. And, of course, Saturday night we had the game against Prairie View. PV men, give them credit. They didn't quit last night. They were down by as much as 29 points at about six minutes left. Got as close as the uh, finals margin was six. So in the last six minutes, they outscored TSU about 23 points but just ran out of time to lose to ninety four. But it was a lot of fun. I mean, some folks left when the game got – as big as 29, but the folks who stuck around saw PV going some big runs. Gary Blackstone went on a personal 14-0 run, draining four threes, doing the run to make it interesting down the stretch. So it's always good to see competitive basketball in town. From a personal standpoint, good to see two teams going at it because Thursday, my alma mater, found out what it's like to face a top 10 program on the road in Wichita State and got their behinds kick by the Shockers in front of a great crowd, raucous crowd, great defense, great offense. The Shockers, at one point in the first half, had made nine of 11 three-pointers, went 10 for 16 from three in the first half, took it to U of H. U of H was without the best low post scoring option, Breon Brady out with the swollen, still sprained ankle from Saturday. So that his absence was a was a blow, but it didn't impact U of H's trouble dealing with defending the Shockers, as well as the great defense the Shockers put on Rob Gray, Houston product Zach Brown. He seems to uh, take some personal pride in playing against the the hometown team. Coach Marshall said after the game, and he even said at media day a few months ago that Zach was not recruited by the local schools. So if he gets a chance to play the local schools, he's going to remind them what they're missing. So he did sure that he did. Thursday against U of H. And once again, Wichita state is a top 10 program and, and they showed what coach Sampson hopes to deliver at U of H. This is a building process that he still believes here can get done at U of H. So, Wichita State shows that this is where you need to go. We are here. You're not here yet. So you still got some work <laughs> to do. So that's it in a nutshell. I'm not sure if, if many objective U of A fans and alums expected U of A to win on the road against a quality pro team. And they didn't. So they lost to a better team. You can go to uh, my who's blog, HoustonRombarview.com, Some comments, post-game comments from Coach Sampson are there in a blog post, courtesy of GoShockers.com. They did a great write-up speaking to him, so you can go there and check out some of what he said. He gave credit, and he backed up what he told me and local media earlier in the week how much praise he gives Wichita State as a program from the administration on down, administration, coaching staff, players, and fans, because all those entities have to work together to become a national program, to be relevant nationally. And that's what Wichita is They are a national brand in men's basketball. And that's what U of H hopes to become. I'm not sure if many alums and administration realize what it all uh, takes to become a national brand and relevant in basketball. They're still hanging their hats on football, as we're going to touch on, touch on in just a few seconds, and I'm going to light some folks up. So, just so y'all know, get ready for that. So, gentlemen, say your thoughts.
2: Okay.
1: Go ahead, Doc. Go ahead, Doc. I was going to ask a follow-up question just in that thought or vein when you talk about going at it at football versus going at it at basketball. Which did you prefer, Chris? And, obviously, there could be a bias there as you well, sure. follow
0: basketball. It's You know, I'm biased because I love basketball, i follow basketball for years, and the wrong bar view is based in basketball. But I also know I live in Houston. Houston is in the state of Texas. Football is king. Football is king in Houston. Football is king in Texas. Football is king in the country. So football makes the world go around. But I'm making the world... Well, well, no, no, that even that football globally makes the world go around. So, football and then American football, two different sports, but each of them combined help make the sports world go around.
2: Certainly,
0: but American football, I am not going to compromise my principles just to win a football game.
2: Okay, now that's where I was thinking. How, where do you place? Mentally, on what you uh, on what you want to accomplish, whether it's about winning football or you want a program that you're going to be proud of, I want both. How do you go about that? With you uh, are not mentally exclusive. Yeah. Uh, by, How do you go about by that? Running, a go running a clean program?
0: Running a clean program. So if, if 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 you are saying. Or if anyone believes that you cannot run a clean program and still win on a national level, then that it, therein lies a the problem with football. If we put so much into football that you have to win dirty, then I don't want to be a part of it. And I won't support it with my money and knowing my time. I got better things to do with my time and my money. Which,
1: which goes a long way to say what's going on in terms of America's Framing on football, so I think you make a great point. I mean, you have the issue with the CFP. I don't. I shouldn't maybe use the word issue, uh, but there's a lot of talk about uh, President Forty Five going to the game on Monday championship. I really think that's fascinating uh, to see what's going to come out of that. But before I really go in that rabbit hole, I did want to talk about this from an HBCU perspective uh, with football talking about the SWAC championship game. We brought the news back. One of the first places that we released it was here that they made a decision to bring back the championship game, but it played to be played on the home team field that wins the regular season. But the reason I bring that back up is the fact is I also stated that um, the SWAC was moving in a different direction from the perspective that the
2: commissioner, or at
1: least as I saw it and what I heard, had resigned and was some, questions about whether he really resigned but there was a letter that went out on December 29th saying that uh, this was the last uh, day for Dewey Sharp and that uh, the conference was moving in a different direction so that is uh, the latest news that, from an official perspective that came out from the SWAT presidents that uh, they are now uh, in the mood looking for a commissioner as you have the interim commissioner is the Is the or was the, I should say, assistant commissioner. Uh, He'll be in the role as the interim commissioner moving forward. So, in
0: in case some folks aren't sure or why I am standing,
1: Edgar Edgar Gantt, I should say. Right. Uh, I didn't give his name, Edgar Gantt.
0: And if some folks aren't sure of why we've shifted gears and talking football and how football is a king and how football seems to dominate some people's lives and their livelihoods. Um, well, Saturday morning, yeah. Saturday morning, U of H did a media dump. And folks who know media or are part of media know that if you have a story that you want to break and try to do it on the hush hush and receive as quiet to do it as quietly as possible, You either dump it Friday evenings around 5 o'clock when everybody's typically leaving the office. But you evaded it on Saturday morning when they announced the hires of Kendall Biles and Randy Clements. Kendall Biles is the new associate head coach slash offense coordinator and quarterback's coach, and Randy Clements is the run game coordinator and offensive line coach. If the last name Bryles rings a bell, well, Ken Browse's dad is Art Browse. Art Browse is not employed right now because he was booted out of Baylor University for however you want to say it. Some folks will say for the rape culture that he allowed to prosper in Waco. Ken DeBrowse, of course, was part of that staff years ago. Last season, this past season, he was in charge of the offense at Florida Atlantic and did a great job helping them, I think, Average the eighth highest point total in offense in Division One football. He's now in charge of U of H. But we'll see if Major Applewhite will give Kendall Browse the reins to run the offense or if Major will cling to his, I guess, apparently fleeting hold on play calling and remain conservative. But during a media dump on Saturday morning, U of H tried to control the storyline didn't work. Media who are responsible and have done background stories and stories and spoken to the victims of sexual abuse in Waco lit U of H up for this hire of Kendall Browse. The Browse supporters at U of H who wanted our Browse to return as head coach before the hiring of Major Applewhite as head coach loved the hire. They think Kendall Browse is just what the offense needs, just what U of H needs to become a high-powered offense ad nauseam. I don't agree with that approach, nor do I agree, believe that Kendall Browse is the only offensive-minded coach, offensive guru that could have turned the program around and helped restore the offensive glory to U of H. But – the Browse supporters choose differently, think differently, so they got their man, good for them. I personally am not going to spend a dime on the program as long as the Browse is associated with U of H football. Yeah. Now, and let, and let me read you some of the and a note in the memo of understanding that U of H had uh, Browse, Kendall Browse signed courtesy of Mark Berman of Fox 26 Sports. You, as in Kendall Browse, are not allowed to personally participate in any act that may bring undue criticism or discredit to UH, including any act which, in UH's judgment, brings you and or UH into public disrepute or embarrassment, contempt, scandal, or is conduct that fails to conform to the conventional standards of good citizenship, with such conduct offending prevailing morals and values and or reflecting unfavorably upon UH's reputation and overall primary mission and objections. If such information concerning any action personally taken by you comes to the attention of U of H or is brought out In additional detail, after signing this memo of understanding, even if it relates to conduct that occurred prior to signing this memo of understanding, UH can terminate this agreement for cause. For the avoidance of doubt, merely having been on or supporting the Baylor football program during your period of employment at Baylor, including any posts or tweets you personally made in support of Baylor's football program, or staff, let's see if I can pull up the rest of it here, Man support or in staff does not support termination for you. So Kendall Browse had to sign that as part of his agreeing to become the associate head coach at U of H. One of my main points is if you got to have a man sign something like this, you're preparing for <laughs> the dark cloud that's coming to your program. So why bring that dark cloud to your program? You couldn't find somebody else as qualified, if not more qualified to, to
2: do this job. Good question. Very, very question. Go ahead, Walker. I guess the only question that I have is, as, At what point did they not, was there any dissension? Was there a no vote? Was there somebody that voiced the opinion that said this shouldn't happen? This can't happen. We can void this, take it to a vote. And I want to, I want to know how many dissented and was there any dissension whatsoever? Well, all we because, we don't because, go ahead. because for whatever reason, somebody made a decision that it was about winning, and it wasn't about having a program worthy of what have state stands for. At least what they have on their as uh, their motto and as their, their creed, their let up statement, their mission statement. rather. do you agree, Doc?
1: It's such a challenging subject, but I'll put it like this. I, I think, as both of you illustrated, uh, it's certainly the case if you have somebody sign a letter like that, you you already know that there's some negativity coming and you're trying to play it in such a way uh, that, you want, that you can separate yourself from the negative part. But I don't think you can do that in this game in the way the world is going at this time. And so the question becomes, ultimately, like the beginning question you asked, Jerry, you know, at what price do you want to win? And Chris has put his money literally where his mouth is and said, I don't want to win at all costs. I certainly want to win, and I will, I will support the program in terms of that. And notice he said the sport of football. So he's not saying that he won't support U of A or he won't support the other athletic programs. He said financially in terms of football because of, of their stance. And I think I laud him uh, to the point where you come and saying, hey, there's things that I stand for, uh, and I won't separate myself from those principles. And so I certainly respect that. It will be interesting, though, because I think at some point uh, you're going to move forward. I don't see that you're going to get the same type of noise that was brought up. Our nearest example of this, a most recent example of this, is at Tennessee when they were making the move um, for uh, potentially a new coach, and there were some questions that came out in regards to Penn State relationship there. Um, not to go back down that rabbit hole, but you ultimately see that you had the ADU there a position there, and certainly the new coach is brought in. I'm not sure if you go know that. The reason I bring that up is is what happens if all of a sudden U of H is able to have some success on the offensive side of the ball. Will those same individuals um, that have some question about that, will they ease their, their concerns in time will do that to some degree? Uh, but will these, those in leadership position feel that they did this the right way and then will they start moving even more so in territories that could be at uh, best questionable because of the trust they had if that happens to be the case?
0: And let me mention this as noted in the uh, column of, or article of columnist Jenny Dial creator of the Houston Chronicle. Kendall Browse is named in a pending, pending lawsuit. One, and this, this is just verbatim from the article, one of several title nine civil suits filed against Baylor that alleges he tried to attract recruits by saying female students at Baylor like the players and here's a quote do you like white women because we have a lot of them at Baylor and they love football players quote unquote browse a Dallas area recruit the lawsuit alleged three players from the Houston area who now play in other programs say that when Kendall recruited them he made mention of female students at the university being very available to football
1: players yeah that's as you know i am it's difficult to respond to that it because it's, I know,
2: you know I just, it's, it's, you,
1: When you hear it, that yeah in so many different ways I mean particularly what we're talking about the height of women uh certainly having a voice more than ever in regards uh, to relationships and how they've been treated uh and then you have the racial component of that uh sticking out there, sexism all over all over the place. It's just hard to walk back from that. Now, obviously, this is part of litigation, so this is somebody's uh, words saying this. Mm-hmm. Said, so he, to some degree, has, it needs to be proven in regards to that. But, um, so when you dig deeper and you see everything that happened at Baylor, it becomes obvious that there was some dysfunctionality there at the very least. Uh, if it wasn't criminal in nature at the very worst, obviously. Um, and so that's where it becomes very challenging. But I think it goes back to our very beginning of the discussion, which is what I believe we're trying to get out to our listeners is just uh, where we're we at with this country in terms of the game of football, particularly at the collegian level. We've always expressed our concerns that the bodies that are doing most of the work um, do not get paid for it. And at many times, I'm not even having a true opportunity to earn a degree. And lastly, for those that are able to earn a degree, it's not always in a discipline that allows them to be gangly employed. So Those are three areas of concerns when you start unpacking this and who does it disproportionately affect the most. Mm-hmm. And those are the people, particularly African-Americans or black Americans, whichever term you prefer, in terms of that nomenclature there and, and mm-hmm. all,
0: all of this excuse me doc all of this all of this is just a symptom of the patient is sick and the patient is football american football college football specifically as we're talking about right now when you have a college football playoff four finalists, four teams participate, but you have five champion, conference championship games. So just by the creation of the system, somebody is going to be excluded right off the bat. Correct. So the, and that
1: doesn't, even, that doesn't even include the next five in this case. We've just seen the example mm-hmm. of the Merit football conference where you had a team in UCF go to undefeated and didn't even get a sniff in regards to them being placed at number 12, which in a lot of ways is egregious when you're looking at the ranking. So they didn't have a chance they even continue for a chance.
0: They didn't have a chance,
1: and they're, they are – And people try to justify it and say that's okay.
0: Yep. Exactly. And they were penalized. Well, who did you play? Well, the big boys have it both ways and the buying public eats it up. The big boys say, well, we don't want to play you. We won't schedule you because we're afraid you might beat us. But at at the end, well, who did you play? Well, hell, you didn't let me play you. You won't give me the opportunity to compete against you. Now you're trying to hold that against me. So, and folks are like, oh, well, you know, that's,
1: that's, that's the. You've seen that before in different aspects. Sure.
0: So that's the whole, one of the things about the Power Five, group of five, you get the Power Five folks say, well, we all want to, we all believe in competition. No, you don't. See, that's my basic thing. This is all a, a game. It's all a con. Those in power, the golden rule. Those who own the gold make the rules. I know that most of us here in this country know that. Don't tell me that the sky is green when I know it's blue. So if you're going to tell me, just go ahead and tell me, hey, I'm sorry. Y'all aren't, gonna, y'all aren't in the power of five. This championship is for us. It ain't for y'all. Just be honest. Don't sit here and make up uh, any kind of excuse under the sun because we t- Monday night we got two teams from the same conference playing in a championship game. One of them didn't even win in his division. Oh, well, that's okay because they were, they were injured at that in the game that they lost, but clearly when they held it, they're the best team in the country. If, yes if, 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 if. What I know is when that game was played, they lost. They didn't win their division. That's what I know. Don't tell me about what could have happened. I know what I saw. What my four eyes saw in football field, they lost that game and did not win the conference championship. They didn't even play for it. Oh, well, but it's okay because of who they are. They're one of the four best teams in the country. Go and spend all that you want to. I'm done with that. And the folks are eating it up. Football is king. Spending all kinds of money. Going in debt, spending money on tickets, watching the crap on TV, eating it. And as long as people tolerate it and accept it, they will continue doing it. So I'm done with all that stuff. I'm going to call like it is. I'm going to call a spade a spade. I know BS when I see it. So the rest, and folks in the media eat this stuff up too. Well, you know, Alabama healthy is one of the top teams in the country. I know. I know that. I know when they when they lost. I know that. That's what I know. Well, but you know that. Whatever. College football just rules a part of American society, and it has permeated so much of society that people look the other way when it comes to academics. When it comes to paying the athlete students who are employees when it comes to excusing crimes that some of those athlete students commit. I'm not even talking about sexual assault. I'm talking about burglary, robbery, whatever. Well, but you know, Bobby, Bobby Joe can run a four two forty and get a touchdown on Saturday. So maybe let us let him slide. Okay. I'll do that. <laughs> there is, the accountability that is lacking in college football, I'm through with it. Just not, I, I am done with all of it. The rest of the folks, you can go ahead and do what you want to do. It's your life, your choices. You just continue going down that rabbit hole. Feel free. And tying it all back to U of H, what's the end game here? Is the end game in hiring Kendall Browns? Is this hire going to get UH into a a Power Five conference? Because without being in a Power Five, where is revenue going to come from? UH Athletics is in the red, so where is this influx of cash going to come from to get them in the black if they don't get to the Power Five? Because I know personally, me and some other friends talked Saturday. We're not buying tickets. We're not alone. We're not, we're not buying football tickets. We're looking at other football teams' schedules. Rice, HBU, TSU, Tulane, and LSU. We're looking at what those schedules to spe- spend our money. We're not playing for U.A. football. We're not alone in that. Now, there will be some, some, some folks, I'm not naive, there will be some folks, some browse supporters, some people believe in the win at all costs attitude, who will become new season ticket holders. I'm not one of them. And me and some of my friends aren't aren't either. We're done. We stopped referring to it as our football program. We started discussing other football programs as our football team.
2: Wow. 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 Um, One thing is for sure. Those other programs will welcome you, welcome you all with open arms, uh, not just because of funding that will help further their programs, but the fact that you all have made a decision that it's not win at all cost at your university at your, as an alumnus. Um, it's sad that we've come to this point, as you reiterated earlier, about that, Uh but for whatever reason, it's almost like we moved back to the 1980s and 1970s when it was a win at all cost and what you did uh, coaching staff or schools or programs did whatever they needed to do to get that particular player in school and keep that particular player in school because that, uh, during the 60s, 50s, that was one of the uh, issues with college uh, football, especially the private institutions because the, they were set up to uh, get a kid in school, free room and board, free tuition uh, and all you had to do was show up on Saturday and play football. Whether you went to practice or not during the week didn't matter as long as you didn't raise a ruckus uh, enough that what uh, cause a public stink you were accepted and I hope we had football hadn't moved back to that era of Corruption, because that's basically what it was at that time. I just hope that uh, college football just had moved back to that to that era. Doc, I think you bring up a,
1: a historical point, and I would maybe push back just a little bit. And certainly understand the framing that you're saying, but I'm not sure if it ever went away from that. And I will suggest that. This in this manner, and I know you're looking more in terms of rule, guidance, uh governing structure. But I'm gonna move it back to the economic side, certainly to the financial side of this. I think as things have ballooned and increased, uh, this is much the American way in terms of true capitalism, uh, as we see it in America and around the world now. Is like money rules everything around me. And so the money has gotten so big, and the need, what's frustrating is not just the money part. I mean, many people that know me understand that I'm not somebody that is just against capitalism from that perspective. But I do have a problem when people are able to create mechanisms that allow capitalism capitalistic structures to only be for a certain group of individuals or a certain group of institutions. And that's what concerns me the most is when you see this capitalistic frame tied into structural frameworks that allow only institutions to be beneficial of this, and only a few institutions. Uh, As we alluded to, we separated this from the Power of Five the next five, FCS, HBCUs, uh, if we go and continue to go down in terms of Division II, NEIA, uh, if you would, at best. But there's only a few institutions that are able to get the largest part of this finance, and they find a way to actually grow that in the separating from the poor and the rich. It's exacerbated. Because so you're talking like 97% of the wealth was held by these five major conferences. And in some degree, even some of the institutions within those five major conferences, the power fibers we've termed them, uh, they have pushed legislation where they have autonomy and essentially separated themselves from other institutions. Uh, But they do it in a structural way where they still get to monopolize uh, this system for only their benefit but then they'll tell everybody else that it's fine, you know, support this, that this is the best model out there. And that's what really gets frustrating to me is that we're able to push this Virginia in such a way that the masses of people accept it, even if they don't necessarily like some of it. They lose their imagination of better ways to do this.
0: and the people in charge of the gold are the first, some of the first ones to say they're in favor of competition. True. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And, and I will say, and my response, my retort to that would be, if you're such an, you're so in favor of competition, then let UCF play y'all. Let U of H play y'all. Let Boise state play you. Let's State play. Oh well, we can't fit it in our schedule. We 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 um uh well, if 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 we do that, then it'll disrupt my schedule in the future. And and uh, we'll we'll only do that if they agree to come to us three times, and we'll go to An- a new site for them in return. So yeah um uh yeah well about well can I get back to you on that uh yeah sure whatever so. <laughs> This is how it is. This is how the system is. And just as important, this system is how fans and alums have allowed it to become and maintain. They don't want to to disrupt the status quo. U of H alums can say they do. UCF, check this out. UCF is putting out national championship Banner's going to have a national championship parade for their undefeated football team, pay their assistant coaches, the bonuses due them for winning the national championship. What about the players? What are they going to get? And then the UCF administration will say, we don't have enough money for this, that, and other in the university. Well, you just paid all these bonuses for a national championship that you are claiming Self-proclaiming, even though the power five says, y'all are beneath us. Y'all did win that championship but what? Y'all didn't win jack. Y'all not even exist. Who are you? So UCF is proclaiming a national championship, paying out bonuses to their staff, the assistant coaches. What about the players? What are they going to get? Are they gonna get increased stipends? Are they are they gonna get increased in scholarships? What what are they gonna receive? A nice shiny ring? Oh, okay. Whoopee. Oh I'm sorry. The student athletes, what are they
1: going to get? That's the question everybody needs to consider.
0: But it's, this is all acceptable, but don't let certain players, you know what I mean, what I'm referring to when I say certain players, protest the national anthem. Don't let those certain players, or a specific player, try to get another job because he'd be a distraction. Right. 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 Y'all just keep going ahead and all that stuff. I'm not going to swallow it. On another note, gentlemen. Yep. How can folks find you all and correspond with you on the world, on the vast worldwide web? You can find
2: me. And who are you, um, sir? Well, first of all, let me give out my information that I will tell folks who I am. On Facebook, Twitter, TweetDeck, Jerry L. Woodley Jr., J.L. Woodley1. On blog, Blogspot, YouTube, and SoundCloud, AKSV, VCSR, the College Sports Report. Doc? Yes, you can find me on the
1: World Wide Web page. THG-Agency.com. That's T and in Tom, H is in Henry, G as in Greg, THG-Agency.com. You can find me on the social media platforms at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L. You can also uh, find me on the Radio Airways uh, streaming at www.kthuh-tv.com for our weekly uh, radio show, Dr. Ville's Inside the HBC Sports Lab, airing every Tuesday from 5.45 to 7.15, Central Standard Time. This week, um, I'm excited to announce that we will have the new Prairie a University football coach, Eric Dooley, in the studio uh, to talk about uh, where he going to take or try to take the Prairie A&M football program. Obviously he was announced just before Christmas. He's down on campus, so we're going to bring him up here to Houston in the studio and see if we can find out a little bit more about Eric Dooley, the person.
0: Fantastic job, Doc, and look forward to that interview. Before we wrap it up here, I want to just mention women's college basketball on a few fronts. One, I'm going to work backwards. Listeners know, and I've said it before previous years in podcasts, my thoughts on the lack of a competitive foil for UConn in the American Athletic Conference. Despite Having a, usually, second team ranked in the top 25 year in, year out in South Florida. Last year, South Florida lost to UConn by, I believe, 62 points. While wow, they were ranked in the top 25. Gentlemen, Saturday in Tampa, some polls in the poll that I am still a member of a voter in the sport tourism national hoop, the top 25 poll South Florida is, is I think ranked 25th, 24th, 25th. They won't be anymore after the, I guess you'd call it a performance that they put on display in front of their home fan Saturday versus Yukon in a 100 100- to 49 loss This is s- supposedly a top 25 program two years in a row lost to a conference member and we know UConn despite not being the defending champions is still the queen of the mountain in college women's college basketball no two doubt. years in a row you have lost two games by a combined 121 points. I'm sorry. I know that the program is highly respected. The coaches are highly respected. The players have talent. But what the hell are y'all doing when, when it comes to facing UConn?
2: Like I mentioned to you yesterday evening, after you told me the score, it boils down to what USF looks at, is looking at, is that they know if they stay competitive in the conference, they can still get to the tournament without having to, having, and I mean this literally, having to challenge UConn at home or on the road. It's almost like a, uh, a misnomer that they are accepting that UConn has won and the rest of us are trying and it's okay to be losing to them in conference play because we know we can get to the tournament without those two wins. I find that appalling.
0: And I agree with everything you just said, which leads me to this point and I'm not, trust me, I am not jumping the shark. When I say this January 13th, UConn comes to Houston. <laughs> UConn is going to beat Houston. Not a doubt in my mind. UConn is going to beat Houston. I tell you this, what I believe, I don't know it, but what I believe, the U.S. is going to compete a hell a lot harder than South Florida did. and does. And next season with more talent coming in I think it, from what Wildcat said and I agree I think U of H seems to be getting closer to being the team to compete and chooses to believe that they can beat UConn in conference because that's what Notre Dame did in the Big East when UConn and Notre Dame were in the same conference. Muff McGraw and those players and that staff, they didn't have the well, we're still going to get in the tournament, so let's not really play too hard because we're going to lose anyway to UConn, so why, why, why bother? No. I believe Coach Huey and his staff have the approach. We know UConn is the the top team in this conference. But we're not going to just roll over and let them kick out behind. So, and South Florida may have had injuries in yesterday's game. I haven't read the summaries of the box scores, but I know, like I said, two years in a row, their average margin of defeat is 60 points. And you are supposedly a top 25 team RPI-wise, we touched on this RPI last podcast with U of H's tremendous comeback Saturday in New Orleans against Tulane, down 21 in the third quarter to win in overtime by six. Houston's RPI is now 27. South Florida's is 30. Lo and behold, this year, Houston's are, Houston looks like they're better than South Florida. Who would have thought that at the start of the season? Not the conference, because the conference picked <laughs> U of H to finish 11th out of 12 teams. So, it's the conference is only three games old, you know, we got 15 more games to go. Houston still has to win their games. You know, you still got to win. That's the bottom line. got to win. But right. if Houston wins, I wonder if the conference will realize, well, damn, maybe we need to start paying attention to somebody else besides South Florida, Connecticut, and Temple.
2: Well, I'm just glad right now I can only look forward to to what I'm looking at, you know, with the rest of these teams and all. Because at least I can say for one, they are challenging. They are competing. Uh, Rice today extended their win streak. Uh, right now they are 12 and two on the on the season, two and zero in conference uh, in conference play and they've got 3 games on the road uh, starting next week. They go to Florida for two games uh, and then they go to Charlotte for one and then they're back home in about 2 weeks. Uh today was a good day for the Rice Owls. They won beat uh UTSA 83 to 52 and once again Erica Gomake had a double double, 15 rebounds, 10 points.
0: She's a machine. <laughs>
2: 28 minutes, um, they got off to a good start, and they just kept it rolling. Uh, they, everybody had a, a big con- contribution, especially Nicole. Um, uh, Ida Marco. Ida Mar- Marco, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I hate butchering but she went off for three-pointers. She was five for nine, three-point line, and... Gabrielle Stanton was six of four, three point line, and they got up to an early start. Which was which kept out to extend the lead, especially in the second quarter. And then it was like a route and the third quarter they would open the lanes up. The fourth quarter it was uh basically finished the game and nobody gets hurt. What was the biggest uh Stat in the, in the whole game was in the second half. Rice only had one foul, and it was at the 18-52 mark of the second uh, of the second half. Game was almost over. They had a good day. Now, if they can take this the streak and take it on the road, it'll be interesting. But Chris, as you and I both know, three games loom, three teams loom large: Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, and Southern Southern Miss and Southern Miss is included in a uh, mix just because they know how to make the game ugly, right. slow you down, spread out, and make it just dis- disruption. If they can get at least split with the three of those teams, or uh, get a double from Southern Miss, post play looks loom, uh, looms large for uh, for the for the Lady Isles. Once again, you not saw right size looked like back in the day, uh, 15, 10, 15 years ago. They almost were at that point right now.
0: Agreed. I'm not sure how, how the crowd was at Tudor today.
2: It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Students still hadn't showed up on campus yet, but they, it wasn't bad. It'll be interesting. Uh, me when they you, come back. From-
0: let me ask you this. It wasn't bad for. What? Compare it to who? It wasn't bad for a women's college basketball game?
2: Oh, no, no, no. It no, wasn't no, bad no, for, it was wasn't, for a okay.
0: rice women's college basketball game. It
2: wasn't bad for a women's uh, rice college basketball game. Okay. Uh, they had over 500. Let me see. You. Hold on. I got the stats here in front of me. Um, let's see. Nope. It's not on here. It's not on here. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes, it is. It's got – um 651, but it looked like it was a little bit more than that uh, only because of the fact that uh, a lot of students, some of the students that have showed back up on campus mm-hmm. were at the game today. And I, they don't keep numbers and all. They basically go like everybody else. Whatever tickets they sell out, that's what they put in the, uh, the stat sheet. Right. And, and what I, I, I,
0: my questions to you were to further the discussion of Rice women. U of H women.
2: Oh, by winning. By far. By by winning.
0: (laughs) TSU is a good team dealing with some, you know, food poisoning, what have you. But where are the butts in the seats for these
2: programs? That's my biggest. It's and scratch that won't get scratched in the field. It's. Is the fact that at UFH and Rice, they don't have enough interest in women's basketball just from a crowd standpoint. TSU, they're built in. The student student body shows up. It's, it's a little bit better. At, at, at least I think it'll be better once the students come back. But one thing is for sure, you know, for every and in TSU, that's. Preview in uh, TSU. They kind of, they kind of, they the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the structure as far as attendance just because of the two schools involved. Well, now, what, plus they have, and the SWAC, conference games
0: are, are double hitters, so it does have a boost right, in attendance. Right. But I want to say, looking at games on TV, women's college games on TV, Sunday, Saturday, Friday for Pac-12, it's not just Houston national games, hardly anybody is at these games. And Pac-12 games, many of the Pac-12 games feature top 25 teams. They don't get fans in the seats.
2: Now, I'm going to say this, just because I've been there and have seen what Kooten used to play at. And Galen, it, it, it was like a rec center. Uh, and it still looks like a rec center. Well, I had been at in recent years. Uh, at least in ten years. But the last time I went, the first time I was shocked. Then the last time I went, by the time I had known Cooper a, a, for a little bit, I still ask her to this day, "How did y'all get that done with in that small little gym?" It's almost mm-hmm. like <laughs> it's almost like going to Sunday and watching a basketball game.
0: Oh, oh I, I understand. And. Everything we're saying about (laughs) the the attendance, the interest in in women's college basketball, one of my friends and colleagues who's on the West Coast was at Friday's UCLA game. Who was UCLA playing Friday? Uh, It was a a top
2: 25 matchup. There was no one from the AP at that game. No way. No way. No way. Even with the Texas teams, I don't care who it is, A&M, no. UT, whatever. There was if, no one if, if from the
0: AP for that top
2: twenty-five matchup between UCLA if go- and Oregon State. If they're going on a road to 10-2 and they ranking the top twenty-five, there will be a AP guy for there, uh, representative. for the men's games. Yes, AP. No, 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 no only, goes to I'm, I'm, only goes to top ten games. Only goes
0: top ten women's games. She was. She said she's sitting on the floor. There was no one there from the AP. The only game story written for the UCLA win over Oregon State was her.
2: Wow. Mm. Which just
0: perpetuates the issue, dilemma, problem surrounding women's college basketball. We say all these things. But I say, I add this, the three of us have been approved to attend and cover the Women's Final Four in Columbus. Is that correct? Right? That's good. So the three of us will be part of the national media landscape, once again, covering the Women's Final Four. So we kind of know what we're talking about when it comes to women's college basketball and the coverage it receives or does not receive. And unless Texas A&M goes on a surprising run, there won't be a team from the greater Houston area participating in Columbus in the final four, but we will still be there covering the games. So, I say that to try to hammer home the point to some folks who still have the opinion of what do y'all know or who are y'all? And do you have any backing or knowledge in this issue to con- to discuss it? Yes, we sure do. And there's more proof of it, more evidence of it right there. So the fans of teams, I support my team in women's college basketball, but I'm not sure about women's college basketball as a whole. Well, as long as women's college basketball has more of those fans rather than fans of the sport of women's college basketball, then the feeling to grow the fan support, and fan attendance, will continue to be low. Media as well, media contributes to it too, because once again, if there was no one there from the AP, and that all they did was what uh, do an aggregate and automated write up. Yep. Yep. What the hell.
1: That's a problem. Well, fellas,
2: I got to bail out.
0: We're wrapping it up. for mm-hmm. Waka, thank you very much for your time, sir. One more time, how can folks find you? You can
2: find me online at uh, Facebook, Twitter, TweetDeck at J L Woodley One, Jerry L Whitley Jr. You can find me on YouTube, Blogger, Blogspot, SoundCloud. At A-K-S-V-B-C-S-R-B, the college sports report. And Doc, how can folks find you?
1: Yes, you can find me on the web, World Wide web at thc Agency dot com. Again, you can catch me streaming our show at dash uh, tv dot com. Find me on the social media platforms: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Doctor Kenyatta Cavill, Dr. K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. V R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. Um And you can also Find Me on SoundCloud as a Podcast for our Show, Dr. Lills Inside HBC Sports Lab, which airs live every Tuesday from five forty five to seven fifteen. Again, if you can't catch it live, you can catch it uh on Facebook Live as well. Under Dr. Kenjala Seville Facebook live the show.
0: Fellas, thank you for your time and your insight. I am KG Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. Website is HoustonRoundBallReview.com Houston Round Ball Review on YouTube and Instagram, Twitter VHR Review. Our podcasts are available everywhere. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Pod Directory and other and Google Play and other podcast formats. Thank you to the new followers I have gotten on Twitter in the last few days and the tremendous views I got for posting um, a a clip of one of the Rockets' first shots featuring a Houston Astro by the name of, I think his name is Carlos Correa, I believe. Um, I think that's his name. He's kind of popular. Oh. they're kind of successful. The last, the last total views I saw for that clip was 200 plus thousand. So wow. folks love Miss Korea. So kudos to that. Kudos to people who are watching the videos that I post on the YouTube channel. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It's a new year, 2018. We're going to do what we can to make it a better year than previous years. We're going to keep giving you the truth. And our objective opinions, and as I said, objective opinions, and they're going to be informed opinions as well. That's what we do here on the KG Fifth World Wildcat and Doc podcast. Fellas, y'all be safe. Take care. We're going to wrap it up as I always do.
2: In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.